Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. podcast i'm your host steve vega and <laughs> i don't know how anyone feels today um i've had <laughs> quite some time to digest obviously what we believed should have been a win um well before the game started and you know everyone just we just have a bunch of questions we have a bunch of uh concerns and now here comes the overhaul is leslie frazier gonna leave is brian dayball gonna leave who's gonna fill in the voids and we're back where we started at square one last season, but yet it wasn't the AFC Championship. It, it is the uh, divisional rounds of the playoffs and the Bills exit. And um, as much as I want to say, oh, 13 seconds, you know, we're going to label this podcast at 13 seconds. No, it's, I'm not going to label it 13 seconds. It's too easy. And it's almost a cop out on basically reviewing now what I believed was. Incredible resolve by the Buffalo Bills. And that's one of the reasons I was so basically, you know, believing that the Buffalo Bills were going to go to the Super Bowl this year and win it. Because after everything that they had to overcome as a team, uh, fixing the running game, you know, fixing the defense, you know, trying to figure out why we're losing bogus losses to the Colts, the Jaguars, and the Patriots, and the list goes on, right? Uh... It, it, it was a very odd season, frustrating season, and you finally get in the playoffs and just want to put it behind you, and you feel like you do because you crush the Patriots, and then you hit a brick wall with the Kansas City Chiefs in a shootout for the ages that, you know you know it's a shootout for the ages when you have everyone and their mom talking about how there should be a change in the overtime rules, which I'm actually very much against. I think that at the end of the day, even before Josh even said it, I'm not just trying to take the words out of his mouth, but I really stand on the firm ground that at the end of the day for me, you know, what this all comes down to is a couple of plays, a couple of stops. And we've seen it time and time again. Quarterbacks that are great can come back and can bite you uh, when you least expect it. Let's face it. The Bills were out of this game before Josh Allen throws a <laughs> a massive, you know, 75-yard bomb to Gabriel Davis. You know, no one saw that. No one expected that. I mean, I literally sat on the couch, sunk in, and my wife told me, watch. 
right? And I'm, I'm literally sitting there, and I'm not lying to you when I say that. My wife has not seen a ton of football, but she can tell when when there's an it factor, I guess, that I can't see that's in the game. And I'm trying to decipher, you know, what the Bills are doing and what they need to do better. Um, it, it just goes to show you, sometimes you're just a play away. Sometimes you're just two moments away. Sometimes, yeah, unfortunately, you're 13 seconds away. Um, and, and it was that kind of game. It, you know, you have to respect the speed with Tyreek Hill. We all knew that. Um, and, and, you know, you look back at the, you know, the, the punt, right, where the Bills punted and they, they, they hold the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, inside, you know, the 10-yard line. And they punt it back and the Buffalo Bills run it three straight times. You can't make it up. Um, you know, and, and it's one of those things where you're, you're really wondering, you know, it's third and two. You're running it outside of Singletary when most of his success was inside. And they stop you. A lot of people think that was the moment of the game. And I was on uh, Circling the Wagons podcast. And I really do believe that was a very uh, defining moment of the game where you're trying to see if you can control, you know, (laughs) the element of a football game, the element of any sports um, game. And it's called momentum. It's an element that I think can carry you know, uh, it can carry any team in the playoffs into a Super Bowl. We are literally witnessing a team that everyone counted out because of they were just injury-plagued in the San Francisco 49ers. Guys, the 49ers are in the NFC Championship. They beat Aaron Rodgers. Like, like what else do you want to talk about when we talk about momentum. I mean, that's the thing. You look at the Buffalo Bills and you felt like this was the mo- I mean, it was the most momentum you could get uh before having to face a team like the Kansas City Chiefs that were clicking on all cylinders and you know, Mahomes just Mahomes made amazing plays after amazing play. Um and and you know, Josh Allen did the same. And it goes to show you that this is a new era of quarterbacks. This is what everyone's going to have to get used to. Athletic quarterbacks are taking over. We've been seeing it for ages, um, you know, kind of sprout up that, you know, uh, you saw a lot of coaches try to implement it, you know, back in the day with Randall Cunningham, you know, back in the, you know, most recent day with Colin Kaepernick and how that fizzled away. And you're wondering, okay, but is there going to be a guy that can do it all? Well, for, for God's sakes, you got Mahomes, Allen, now Herbert on the rise, Lamar Jackson, the list is going to keep going on and on and on because they are starting to really develop these type of quarterbacks in the NFL, or excuse me, in college football going into the draft. So you're wondering what's going to be the next it factor because the NFL rules basically completely stripped away uh, how much, you know, how aggressive the defense can play against an offense that's as dynamic as a team like, you know, Kansas City. Defensive holds are a plague. You know, defensive pass interference is a plague. You know, what is, what isn't, right? And and so now we're we're going into a new era, a new a new time in the NFL where we're trying to decipher for you know everyone's team, right? Everyone feels that feels the same way as the Bills. Like, what is it going to take? What else do we need? A call to go our way, a player to get a sack. You know, I, I think at the end of the day, you just need, if you want to win a Super Bowl, you need to have a superstar at each level. I really do believe that, or at least a potential superstar. And what 
what I took away from this game was <laughs> we do not have a superstar at the defensive line. We really don't. And we knew that going into this game. But what we felt was that the Bills were going to be able to make just one or two plays more than Kansas City. And, and it didn't happen. The, the Bills did not deliver that um, early in the game when that mattered. They go into halftime 14-14. And, um, you know, time and time again, you see these fourth and ones, right? When when Mahomes is, is in those situations, you know, he just consistently delivers. Um, you know, and, and, and that's the frustrating thing about a, a guy like Mahomes is that he literally will always get it. <laughs> it's, it it's impossible to stop. You got to rely on a hold. You got to rely on a penalty of some sort for that to, you know, shoot back. But then, for God's sakes, you, you give him third and 20, he converts it. What do you do? Or, you know, it's a, <laughs> it's just one of those things. Where's the answer? Well, I'm going I'm to leave it at this um, before I get into some more uh, points about this whole matchup. I'm going to leave it at this. There is a comparison that I brought up on Twitter, and I was talking to my brother about it. I was talking to several people about it, and I really felt this in my heart last year that this is, we're going to feel like what? Colts fans, Colts fans felt like against Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. Eventually, they'll get one. That's how everyone felt about Peyton Manning. And I know that's how everyone feels about Josh Allen. Peyton Manning couldn't do it on his own. He had Reggie Wayne, Marvin Harrison. I mean, the list goes on. Dallas Clark. Jeff Saturday. I mean, these are guys that you, you've known about for, you know, decades, right? These names at different positions. You knew when you go against the Annapolis Colts who they were. Um, never really had the absolute, you know, polarizing defense, but they had a great defensive line, Right? And, and, and you're, you're wondering, because for the Bills, it's the opposite way. They have a great secondary uh, superstars at the secondary level, but they don't have it at the defensive line. And this is a time and age where a defensive line is literally make or break against a superstar quarterback that can especially run around. Teams at least had a chance in the playoffs against Brady back in the day if, uh, you know, there was decent play at all levels. I'm not saying you had to have superstar play, but you just had a good you had to have good execution. You look at the Super Bowls that the Patriots lost, right? They lost to a great defensive line. That that's what the New York Giants did and, and you know, it was easier for the guys to cover in the back. So, you know, with with the Buffalo Bills, you know, all over again needing this measuring stick of the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, I said something earlier in the year and I'm I'm going to say it again. I think the Bills need to stop measuring themselves with this measuring stick that is the Kansas City Chiefs. They are never going to be, B-E, the Kansas City Chiefs. They will always be a Josh Allen-centric Buffalo Bills team. He is not Patrick Mahomes. He has a cannon arm. He's a running back for crying out loud. And there are moments in this game where you just felt like, when are we going to catch a break? What do the Bills need to do? 
Um, you know, who needs to make a play? Bills are down 21 23. And <laughs> I mean, our punter had a had had literally a, a touchdown saving tackle against Tyreek Hill. You think about it this way, like if 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 the Bills do not get that tackle by Matt Hack, they score, they go up even further. Dane Jackson doesn't have a chance to, you know, make a play on third and one that forces a field goal. But, you know, then, then, then let's wrap this up, right? There were unacceptable things that happened in this game. The Bills are up 29-26 with a minute and six left. A minute and six left, okay? And you let Tyreek Hill run a, run a 60-yard bomb to the end zone. There's just moments, man, that all lead up to this. Everyone wants to rile up about, get riled up about this 13 seconds. Like, no, man. I was put on the spot by, uh, you know, I was talking to Circle in the Wagons. You know, we were talking about post game, and I literally, I had, I had to pick one thing, right? One thing, and yes, I chose Brian Dable for not being more aggressive when he needed to be because it was a game of chess. I feel, um, but it's like you know, and then you just. Luckily, guys, let's just be let's be honest here, right? Let's be honest here. Tyran Matthew goes out of the game. That's huge for the Kansas City Chiefs. So yeah, I gotta give them a lot of kudos that they even had a chance to stay in the game. Josh Allen had a great game. Gabe Davis had a great day, had a great game, but Gabe Davis does not have four touchdowns with Honey Badger down the middle. We all know that. I think it would have been you know, a, a more Stefan Diggs-centric passing game, passing attack. It just so happened that, you know, the game plan that then switched up to go to Gabe Davis. And, you know, all kudos for, to him for executing that great in a playoff game. I don't, I don't want to take anything away from him for executing, but I will say, you can't always think like a fan. Like, like, honestly, you can't always sit here and be like, man, man, the Bills were, were this close. Yeah, they were, but man, it could have been way uglier. There's a lot to address defensively about this game, guys. Um, and, and, you know, you look at it, right? Matt Milano, one-on-one, Travis Kelsey gets bodied. He gets open. Touchdown. It's a ball game. Somebody needed to make a play. Somebody needed to get an interception. But then you look at this situation. Once again, the Bills are in arrowhead. I think if the Bills would have won the games, they know they needed to win rather than try to win the games that have the most hype or, you know, win out on these easy games, right? We would have been seeing this divisional matchup in Buffalo. There were moments in the game where that crowd affected the play calling. Miscommunication, false start. Those things go a long way in momentum on a drive. That's the reason... You try to get home field advantage. 
And, you know, <laughs> Bills have been a great road team. But history has shown the Bills have not been a great road team in the playoffs. So, <laughs> if there's one big thing I think I'm going to take about this whole game, when it comes down to momentum, when it comes down to emotion, when it comes down to uh, the feel of a game, I think it would have been a completely different feel in Buffalo. Mahomes is so comfortable playing at Arrowhead. And he gets to do it again this weekend against you know Cincinnati, which is going to be very interesting to see how Joe Burrow does an Arrowhead. And we're going to see if, there, if he indeed closed the gap to a guy like Josh Allen at Arrowhead. We're going to see. He was, let's be real, in that last matchup, he won it and we give him credit for that. But he was just tossing it up to Jamar Chase. The big question is going to be, is their defense better than Buffalo? And did they catch Buffalo regardless of the rankings? Because if the Cincinnati Bengals can honestly disrupt the Kansas City Chiefs game plan, I think the Bills should definitely take notes on how they're building their defense. We love and we rave about our secondary, but we need to start thinking, okay, what is actually necessary for the Bills to have a great defense in the playoffs? To stop a passing attack like the Kansas City Chiefs, because there's multiple teams that are this explosive, right? The Chargers are one of them. We, we saw what Justin Herbert was able to do. A lot of teams are on the rise. You saw that the Vegas Raiders were able to sneak into the playoffs. Darren Waller, Zay Jones starting to show up. And, you know, it was it was a tough thing to watch, obviously, uh, with uh, some of the execution they had down the stretch there. But, you know, regardless of that, they, you know, there's a lot of teams that have a great passing attack. And you're wondering, okay, how much do you need to really place a emphasis on having your backfield that strong at the expense, right, at the expense of not having marquee players on the defensive line. This is where also I get into one of these points. I wanted to round this up here with Leslie Frazier and Brian Dable, right? We're going to talk about the coaches. Like, let's talk, let's talk about Leslie Frazier here. This is where I have a critique, where my sole critique for Leslie Frazier is. You have over six guys that you rotate on the defensive line. Why or how is it possible that not one of them is an intimidating factor when it goes into being able to intimidate during a pass rush? And I understand we have to give Russo time for sure. But Ed Oliver is a first-rounder. We re-sign Jerry Hughes. Then we bring in Mario Addison. F.A. Obata. Like, random guys that we believe are just going to fit the system well and execute well for the Buffalo Bills. Which, to the credit of the Bills winning the division again, awesome. But Mac Jones is going to get better. We know that. He may not be, you know, 
absolutely elite within the foreseeable future, especially with the rumor of uh, McDaniels going over to Vegas, right? But the reality of the situation with, um, you know, Leslie Frazier is, man, uh, (laughs) I'm going to leave it like this. If we keep Leslie Frazier because maybe he doesn't get a job elsewhere as a head coach, I believe that there needs to be a significant jump as a pass rusher from Gregory Russo next year or Boogie Basham. I'm not saying a calculated, like, oh, yeah, he got pretty good. He, you know, he managed to be able to this, this, and that, and the other. Like, no. There, needs to, there need to be moments where we look at these two guys next year and we're gonna, we literally just say, whoa. Just like we did to Josh Allen whenever he had his moment where everyone was just gasping. They couldn't believe at you know the jump that he had. And there needs to be that type of a jump from one of these guys. I'm, I'm done with these old veteran guys that just, you know, Sean McDermott and, 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 and company fall in love with. Like, I'm sorry. I'm done with it. Right? Something's got to give on this defensive line. Now, talking about Brian Dable. That's where I stand with Leslie Frazier. I think everything else he did was fantastic this year for the Buffalo Bills. Um, Leslie, uh, Brian Dable. So, look. Um, man, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I am torn at how distracting it's been with him as our offensive coordinator for the last couple of years with him wanting a head coaching job. I mean, at this point, (laughs) I don't, I don't know. It's hard because you can't let him go, right? Like when, when all this distraction starts to happen, but does it really get in the way? You know, like, what is he, what tape is he showing to the Giants? What tape is he showing to all these other teams? And, you know, like, here's the thing. I I bet teams are looking at, if I'm a GM, I'm looking at this about Brian Dable. I get the whole thing with Josh Allen. But here's the thing. He gets just as much credit as you for being as great as he is. And I feel very strongly, I feel super strong that, man, you are going to march into Arrowhead and... When it matters the most, you play conservative. What happens if we give you everything you need? A Josh Allen, a Stephon Diggs. We draft these running backs higher in the draft. We, you know, we give you all the weapons at multiple positions. We keep signing marquee free agents um, you know, at the wide receiver position. And when it matters the most, you just care about the tape. Because that's what it looks like to me. I'm sorry. But that's what it looks like to me. Honey Badger goes out and you feed the living hell out of Gabe Davis, which thankfully he executed the best than he has in his entire career with four touchdowns against the Kansas City Chiefs. But why can't you get Stephon Diggs in open space? It just It's just so confusing. Why, why suddenly do we feel comfortable about the running game? Why can't we hold him accountable for the entire season when it was atrocious? 
Now we're sitting here and we're wondering, what if? God. That, that's literally the name of this episode. <laughs> this is what I was rounding up to. What if? I don't know if you guys have been able to watch the Marvel, you know, Mar- Marvel series, but uh, what if I thought was, <laughs> I've been able to get into a couple episodes here and there, and man, it is fascinating. Um, but how long have we felt <laughs> like this as Bills fans, where we've had to go to sleep at night imagining what if? What if this? What if that? What if the Bills had a Tyreek Hill? You know, what if the Bills were able to pick up J.J. Watt? Or the absolute worst one that I know no one wants to talk about. What if the Buffalo Bills drafted Patrick Mahomes instead of Javius White? There's a lot we can ponder about. Look, there's a lot that we can be bitter about. But I don't want to end this podcast on that note. Because I know a lot of, I know a lot of you guys are hurting, and I know a lot of you guys are, are, are just... No one's going to watch football this weekend. And I know when I mean, you know, half of you won't. <laughs> um, but it was hard not to just enjoy that game. I feel like as a fan, you know, that's something that you can definitely take away from this whole experience going into the playoffs. You know, the Bills are a competitive playoff team. I believe that's where they stand. They are not the Marvin Lewis Bengals. They are their own team. They are their own destiny. They have already gotten over the loop of winning playoff games, being competitive, controlling the division. It's just a matter of steady growth. You know, at the end of the day, if the Buffalo Bills are going to draft high, developing our talent, okay, um, that that definitely needs to be there. You know, Andy Reid took time developing Patrick Mahomes. He started Alex Smith. He bit the bullet, and he said, we're going to wait and definitely feel until he's ready. So, you know, the Bills have done the same with Josh Allen as long as they could, which was not which was not very long due to, you know, having Nathan Peterman at the helm. But guys, stay encouraged. There's a lot of talent on this team. There's a lot to look forward to in this offseason. Um, if you're going to watch football, whether or not, you know, look, we're all here together. We're all in this together. Um, shout out to Patrick Mahomes showing respect at the end of the game with Josh Allen and Chiefs fans donating to Oshai a Children's Hospital in Buffalo. You know, let's take more positive than negative out of this season. I think it's definitely a step forward. There's a lot of things, you know, to look forward to with, uh, you know, looking at seeing what happens with Ken Dorsey, maybe taking over offensive coordinator and, you know, to see what happens at the defensive side of the football. So, you know, whether if it's, uh, you know, one of these new guys taking a step forward, we'll see. But wherever you are, whatever you're doing, uh, this was another episode on Buff Hubby Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Steve Vega, and I will be here still every Friday for as long as I can. And thank you guys so much for listening to me this entire off season. It's been a pleasure. You know, it's been an honor. And to all the military and first responders out there, um, shout out to y'all. You know, keep doing the keep doing the good fight. Um, wherever wherever you're at, wherever you're doing, uh, stay safe, stay encouraged. And finally, once again, go Bills. <laughs>